choice parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you A, get spiritual? Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B, find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C, show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ed Council. What's coming up for Nevada's leading business organization and the future of our business community? Find out at the Las Vegas Metro Chamber Installation Luncheon, Wednesday, December 13th at MGM Grand. Darren College, a former NFL Super Bowl champion, signed the most important contract of his life to serve in the Army National Guard. The National Guard for me was a perfect fit. I've had a lot of military in my family. It's a big part of what uh, my family's done for a long time. I'm, I want to go out there and make a difference. I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. I didn't find that in the normal day-to-day -day life. I didn't find that working behind a desk. I realized being hands-on and being a soldier was something that would keep me active, keep me outside, keep me in the, that team environment that I craved and that I needed so much. And then the opportunity to serve my community and serve my country was just on the cake. I wanted to be in Boise, Idaho. I wanted to be home. The National Guard gave me the opportunity to stay right where I was, serve my country and my community. It was the best of both worlds. I grew up flying bush planes in Alaska with my dad. I was fortunate enough to get my pilot's license. I wanted to be in helicopters. I wanted Hello? to be a crew chief. The Army National Guard gave me a chance to fly helicopters Hello? now instead of fixed-wing aircraft. To learn how to be part of the Army National Guard, log on to nationalguard.com. Sponsored by the Nevada Army National Guard. Aired by the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. Welcome back to Talk That Talk on 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUNV Las Vegas, the broadcast service of UNLV. <clears throat> Once again, we promised you guys UNLV baseball head coach Stan Stolte. And I want to make sure and see if he's on the line. I'm not quite sure if he's I on am. the line. Can you hear me, Terrell? We can hear you. We can hear you. Hey. Coach I'm Stan, good. how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm pretty oh, good. Yeah, it's been a while, huh? Been a very, very long time. I was just telling the listeners, just telling Daryl. Uh, I have Daryl uh, Harris in the studio with me right now. Pleasure to meet you, Coach. Nice to meet you, Daryl. And we were actually just in here talking about being around uh, what well, I was telling about being around you, and I was telling them I have so many things that I want to ask you in terms of the baseball world, and I was telling them that you can tell just from one conversation. I was like, Stan is a baseball lifer. I said, so, of course, I got my nickname Chatterbox from talking sports constantly and always being around sports and things of that nature. This is my time to listen, Coach. So, you ready? <laughs> well, you won't be any smarter when you're done listening to me, but you can listen <laughs> to me babble for sure. I highly doubt that, and I think my listeners are about to get a lot smarter, too. Um, so, the first thing I actually want to start off with is, of course, the COVID-19 pandemic. Um Let's talk about actually that Houston, that second game of that Houston series really quick. It was rained out originally. It was canceled because of rain. Yeah. Following yeah, that, were... the season was canceled. How did you find out about that? Well, we were, I think Thursday, we were heading to Santa Barbara for a three-game series. And, and we knew things were starting to happen. I think the night before, the NBA had uh, one of the guys that came out with with the virus, and they were starting to cancel things. So it was starting to to uh, snowball a little bit. And then that morning on Thursday before we left, I know people were meeting and they told mm -hmm. us, hey, wait till to get the clearance before we were busing there. And then I think uh, half an hour before we were scheduled to leave, they just 
said, hey, we're pulling the plug on the weekend. So as all colleges did across the country because of the basketball tournament was going on that time also. Right, right. And has anything been discussed with you, your program, your players, anything in terms of another year of eligibility? Yes, they. Uh, everyone gets one. Nobody lost a year. So whether it's your freshman or senior, it you didn't lose a year. So so the, that was good for the student athletes. So a quick little hmm. follow up to that one, really quick. How does that change scholarships moving forward in terms of what you guys were going to bring in in terms of next season? Well, it doesn't affect at all who we're bringing in because those guys are still going to come in and going to be a big part of what we're doing. It's we just have to kind of every case is different. Some. We've had two guys that are going to graduate or have graduated, and they're just going to go out and they're in the real world. They've been here five years already. And then there's a couple guys that are going to wait to see how the draft goes, and hopefully they can sign professionally. And so it's kind of case by case, Terrell. So it's, you can't really group them. Just they're all coming back. Or, and we really won't know now till the draft because they're pushing that back into July the way it sounds. Right. So we're kind of just at their mercy now till. But the ones that have graduated, a couple of them have expressed that one's going to go be a police officer and one's going to uh, be a be a lawyer, and uh, mm. and it's you know that that's not a bad gig either. It's time to time to move on. Yeah. Uh, hey, coach, this is Daryl here, um, and so it sounds like all of this happened for you guys and the team really abruptly, um, and you might not have had got the chance to you know wish everybody farewell if you weren't going to see them again or, you know, plan things out or meet as a team for the time period that you guys expected. But after the, the dust settled, after the announcement and things like that, how did you feel when you were, you know, resigned to your home? And how did you feel about everything? And were you a bit – did you miss the season? Well, when it, no, I know, I know what you're saying, Daryl. When it first – that first Thursday when they told us, you know, we thought, well, maybe it'll just be a three or four week deal. And then the following within four or five days, I think, Hey, those seasons canceled the mm. world series, everything. So we had a team meeting quick with everybody involved. And, uh, so we did have one final, you know, basically say, Hey, fellas, this is it. And you're taking classes online and start guys that they're from out of state started to go back home and, and finish yeah. that way. So, so it was pretty abrupt, but we did get to kind of meet one time, and and we're, we're meeting once a week on the uh, Zoom calls with the whole team, and so once a week we all connect yet together and just trying to keep them going. So that's really so that's it, really it, unique to hear. Um, yeah, I, yeah, most programs are doing that, but uh, but yeah, we meet every every week. We everybody gets on a Zoom call and and we just kind of kind of talk things out. So. And really quick, did you guys ever talk as a team about the prospect and po I guess the possibility of possibly pay playing in front of uh, in front of different stadiums with no fans? Like, was that ever a conversation with you guys? Games with no fans? Well, the, yeah, the weekend, the week we got canceled, that first one to Santa Barbara, they weren't. It was just going to be the two teams playing, and then you know whoever had to be there, the trainers, the umpire, mm -hmm. obviously, but. But yeah, that first week we were already planning on doing that at Santa. They were, I guess, because they're the home team. So they they were not going to let fans into the stadium if, if we would have played that series. Daryl, do you have any more on COVID or uh, the spring season? Because if not, I'm gonna move on to uh, MLB. Nah, I'd love to get into that. You want to? Okay, so we can go ahead and get straight into that. 
Okay, so just for anybody who doesn't know, I just want to give a quick rundown of what happened and what is transpiring in uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, the Houston Astros and the Boston Red Sox on two, actually back-to-back -back years, were suspected of sign stealing. And after everything was, all the investigation was done, the Houston Astros were fined $5 million. They lost mm -hmm. first and second round picks in 2020 and 2021. There was a year ban issued for um, G general manager Jeff Lunau and the manager AJ Finch, but they were fired before they could start serving that ban. And in terms of the Red Sox, they were fined $5 million as well. Lost the first round and second round pick in 2020, 2021 as well. And their manager, Alex Cora, along with replay operator JT Watkins, which is interesting because we never would have known that replay operator's name, if it was not for this, was suspended for the two, well, will be suspended for the 2020 season whenever that go ahead and get started. Coach, there's unwritten rules in every sport. What are the rules of sign stealing? Yeah, that, that one, well, that one crosses the line when you're using videotape and really, uh, Sending them out, you know, during the game that that crosses the line. You obviously everybody tries to steal them from second base and from the pitcher when they're hitting and so forth. But when you're getting them from the dugout via videotape, that's yeah, that's uh, way out of line. So that one I know that that doesn't fly. So that's we, probably why the punishment is so strong. Right. Okay. So. And that's where I was going next. So I actually have two follow-up questions. The first one was, you said it's not going to fly. If you were pit work, I don't even know if you could say this uh, uh, on air, but if you were uh, managing at the major league level and you saw Houston or Boston for the first time, I, I wouldn't say that you would encourage your pitcher to throw at them, but let's say that your pitcher took it into his hands and threw at them. Do you discipline that player? <laughs> no, that's part of the game too is you, the game disciplines itself so no that's part of the game you do you know if you're doing it that way yeah if you're but if you're doing doing it the right stealing signs the right way you know then you just got to clean up your act so they can't steal them but but the way they were doing it is you know it's, it's tough to prevent they're watching a video camera from center field and right. translating to the dugout i mean that's that's crazy as a fan of the game coach um do you still, uh, now in hindsight, view their championships as earned, and do you view this team? Do you still see their credibility intact? Well, no, I'd say they're a little tarnished. I just feel sorry for the the teams they beat on the way because you know you don't know. We'll never know. Were they the? What have they won without doing that? You don't know. So I just, you know, guys like Clayton Kershaw and may not get another chance to win one. Did he get? you know, deprived of the World mm -hmm. Series ring because of that. And he, he, we'll never know. But, yeah, it was just it's kind of kind of screwy deal. So I'd, I'd feel tarnished if, I, if the trophy was tarnished a little bit. And, Coach, I just have two more for you. I, I'm not sure if Daryl has another one for you as well. But um, you mentioned this, the, the punishments. Did you personally feel like the punishments were severe enough? I You know, I didn't really follow it. I you know the exact, but – I, from what I heard, I don't think so. You know, I think, you know, players got to be accountable too, to an extent. I don't think they, they, uh, they hammered any of the players. I think they got a free pass if they just told, told the truth. So I understand that too. But, uh, but the players were still doing it. So I, I thought they should have got punished also. You got another one. Um, switching to Las Vegas. Um, have you had the chance at all? 
to uh, take in Las Vegas Ballpark, cast the Aviators play? Yes, and we uh, we scrimmage there in the fall. Um, oh, that's nice. October, yeah. No, it's beautiful. Yeah, down yeah, really nice ballpark. Great operation out there. You're beautiful everything, yep. No Coach, yeah. Coach, I just got one anybody more for wants- you. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I said anybody wants to have a great night watching baseball, it, that's, it doesn't get any better than out there. So many different things to do around that park. As soon as you turn your head, I promise you, you'll see something new. Um, there's no way you'll be able to catch it all in, in in one game. You have to go back repeatedly. Coach, I just got one more for you really quick. Uh, we talked about the sign-stealing scandal. What do you feel like that does for the future of baseball? Oh, it'll blow over. But, you know, eventually there's it's always that asterisk on that year they won it. So, you know, like just like the steroid deal, it's, it's going to blow over, but – but the uh, people involved are always going to have to have, hang that over there. It'll be hanging over their head for, you know, the rest of their careers. They're going to be remembered for that, maybe more so than their actual talent. As always, you said I wasn't going to leave this conversation more more enlightened. I don't think that's true, Coach. <laughs> no, I feel that way. <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. But as always, ladies and gentlemen, UNLV baseball head coach Stan Stolte. Coach, we appreciate you as always. Thank you for your time. Thanks for talking to us, Coach. All right, you're out. Thanks, you guys stay safe. Always, you too. Likewise. That was something that was necessary because – Of course, I have plenty of things to take away from that interview. So really quick, we're going to go ahead and take a short commercial break. If you guys are listening to this show, you guys are listening to Talk That Talk on 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUNV Las Vegas, the broadcast service of UNLV. And when we get back, I do have something to say really quick because sports editor UNLV, Scarlet and Gray Free Press, sports editor Tyler Scher, texted me some um, added information about the, um, the women's tennis team. So stay tuned for that as well. Hello, I am Peter Guzman, President of the Latin Chamber of Commerce. Today with important information from the SBA with our good friend, Saul Ramos. Thank you, Peter. The Small Business Administration, SBA, is offering low-interest federal disaster loans for working capital to Nevada small businesses suffering substantial economic injury as a result of the coronavirus. Small businesses and many nonprofit organizations of any size may qualify for an economic injury disaster loan of up to $2 million to help meet financial obligations and operating expenses, which could have been met had the disaster not occurred. Apply online at sba.gov backslash disaster or call 1-800-659-2955. This is O. Ramos with the Nevada Small Business Administration. This message is sponsored by the Latin Chamber of Commerce, aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. Childhood should be a carefree and easy time, like a storybook filled with fun characters and adventure. But for many children in rural Nevada, this just isn't the case. As a foster parent, you can become a main character in the success of a child by providing a safe, temporary home. Many of these children have been abused or neglected, and foster homes provide a place to heal and feel supported. Without caring foster homes in their communities, children can be placed away from everything they consider home. 
Foster parents are needed for all ages of children, including teens and sibling groups. Please be part of rewriting a child's story. Call 888-423-2659 and ask about the process of becoming a foster parent or visit Nevada Division of Child and Family Services online at dcfs.state.nv.us. Sponsored by the Nevada Division of Child and Family Services through a grant from the Administration of Children and Families, aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. Would your business survive a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency, and 40% of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Welcome back. You are listening to Talk That Talk on 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUNV Las Vegas, the broadcast service of UNLV. Once again, thank you to UNLV baseball head coach Stan Stolte for giving us that interview. Really quick, I want to give some updated news from um, Tyler Scher, who is, again, our UNLV Scarlet and Gray Free Press sports editor. Shout out, Tyler. Uh, Great draft coverage. We're going to talk about some of that draft coverage we did on draft night um, and see if that footage will ever get out. Um, But, again, shout out to Tyler because he texted me just two separate things, speaking about the tennis teams. Um, he mentioned that the men's team was on fire before the season was cut, as indicated um, by their 13-1 record. Uh, tennis was Tyler's beat. And Tyler had been embedded with the team in a way oh, yeah. that – no, I don't think anybody on this campus knows that team better than him outside of the players and coaches. So he told me that, and, of course, he went ahead and gave me a little fun fact as somebody who doesn't cover tennis. Um, the, men, the women's tennis team, excuse me, were defending their Mountain West crown. So today would have been the end-all, be-all. We definitely wouldn't have been on for two hours or four hours today. Nah. I might have been there. Hey, to, to be the two-time defender champ. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. It's mine. It stays here. Yeah, we didn't play again. It stays here. <laughs> it's ours again. Toronto right now? Oh, we're champions still. <laughs> if I'm Kyle Lowry, oh, dog, I am partying in the house. Yo, be like, With my ring on. Yo, until they beat us. I'm calling Adam Silver like, do we get another one? <laughs> like, be, keep it a bean. We get another one. Um, but thank you, Tyler, as well. We appreciate you, my man. Thank you again. Um, Coach Stolte. That was fun, man. That was real fun. Gave me some interesting stuff. That was real fun. And he was nice until the point and think, gave us nice, good answers, man. They were candid answers. Um, and you, you can just kind of hear him talking. You, you feel, it, feel his perspective. For sure. And and the thing is, when I don't and I feel like it, it, it happens when you when you do what we do for just a certain amount of time, you could tell when a person is not being genuine with you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just what you can tell when it comes to coach. Like there's a there's a sense of being genuine. And what I want to harken back to is something that I smile from ear to ear, because as a player, it's just some things that you know are going to happen. It's interesting to hear certain people say, yeah, the game polices itself. No, you said, yeah, no, they, yeah. That was a bar. Yeah, no. That, that would you, was, would that was you OG, punish that him? Was an OG said, lyric. No, 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 I mean, the game polices itself. So if you. Um, 
I thought that was so legendary because he was like, no. The first word out of his mouth was, would you punish him? No. Side note, good question. <laughs> I just wanted to know. I just wanted to know. I just yeah, wondered. Nah, hypothetically. Um, <laughs> I just wondered. And, yeah, and, and how does a, a person like that feel about, you know, looking back on their titles now? And it's like That yeah. was a great question because I, I had I, nothing I, about I honestly, the titles. Yeah. And because, yeah, because I feel like I can't put that much respect on it, especially because I was rooting for the Dodgers. Right. And the Yankees got, you know, I'm saying they're wrong. So got hosed. It, it's, you can't be letting somebody call call themselves a champion when that that was that's my personal feeling. So I was wondering how a professional felt about that. The one thing that's interesting about what Coach said was that um, when you look at one name that he said, I think the only name that he said was Clayton Kershaw. And I look at baseball at the time, and baseball is one of those sports to where it can, one bad outing, one bad series, one bad season can change a person forever moving forward. I know we've seen it in, in basketball. Like, I know I just recently watched this magic moment again with Nick Anderson. After missing those free throws, it's like he never wanted to see the free throw line again. Um, I truly hope that after what was said about Clayton Kershaw, there's a level of um, relief yeah. in knowing that they cheated. It, it sounds weird, but I hope that he's able to shake it off. Yeah. And I think that's the main thing because if it, it it easily could be downhill for him. You Darvish as well. Yeah. The Astros tattooed you Darvish. <laughs> I'm it, serious. It hey man, it wasn't right what at they all. Did. And, and we hardly, and it's not right for you to laugh. Hardly got into it. It's not right for you to laugh. <laughs> it was not right what the Astros did. And when you look at their splits on the home and versus on the road, it's insane. And what they did to those pitchers, like <laughs> you know, they didn't sleep laughing, well. Bro? You know, you they didn't sleep well. All right, we go. <laughs> That's, That's it. That's it. All right, we're gonna move on. We're going to move on. Uh, <laughs> Las Vegas Review Journal sports writer Sam Gordon should be with us shortly. I feel like it's still draft yeah, night. Man. I got papers all over the place. I feel like it's still draft night. Um, but, again, thank you to head coach, UNLV baseball head coach Stan Stoltz for blessing us with his baseball knowledge. Um, the future of baseball question was kind of interesting, too, because he said that what's interesting is it seems like when he mentioned the steroid era, when he first said, first of all, when he first that was, said that we it was going to talking about what happened in the league, that was the last controversy that I would point right. to that was league threatening. But even then, I forgot the reason, exactly. and it's sad because the reason why is because when I asked him, could it survive it, and he, oh yeah, like it's mm -hmm. almost like he didn't even bat an yeah. eye, and I initially disagreed and was like, oh, wait a minute, but the moment he brought up the steroid era, I realized I had forgotten it. Yeah. Take that for what it is. Um, but I did just say that with all these papers all over the place, I feel like it's the, still the NFL draft. So just a little teaser there. That's what, that's what we're actually moving forward to, moving along Transition. to. Um, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, as expected, goes number one overall to the Cincinnati Bengals. I've said it before. I don't <laughs> – the Bengals continued. I don't think Andy Dalton's bad. I've said that before. Yeah. I don't think Andy Dalton's bad. I do think I did think it was something about um Marvin uh almost said Harrison. Marvin Lewis. I just don't know what it was though, which is kind of weird to say cuz I feel that same way about Bill O'Brien. Like 
I just I I said it during the draft coverage. Shout out to Tyler. Uh, he can vouch for me. I told him I do think that Bill O'Brien is quickly on his way to being the new Marvin Lewis. That's not high praise at all. You better get it right. High praise in got terms of tenure. You better get it right. You but have yeah. your quarterback. Yeah, no, you better. And get you it right. got it wrong because you traded DeAndre Hopkins. So you most definitely got that wrong for a marginal running back. For a con- that contract, like forget I what apologize. you're getting in I terms apologize. of production. Look at the age in the contract for yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. Joey B with the do rag on. That's your boy, <laughs> bro. Bro, Tony Jefferson might be the, one of the funniest follows on Twitter. Um, <laughs> did you see that Twitter? I mean, did you see yeah. that tweet? Yeah, I did. <laughs> no, you earned that. You earned that, my boy. Um, but no, in all seriousness, Joe Burrow did go to Cincinnati. Um, they oh. continue to win double-digit games. And that's something that I see. And that's something that I can see them continuing to do. But I'm telling you, this season... I do think Joe Burrow is going to have a rougher rookie season than people are give, are saying that he's going to have, and I guess projecting for him. I'm not sure he's going to go there and just light it up. I don't. I wouldn't expect that either because he's walking into one of the toughest conferences, toughest divisions in the league. I wasn't even thinking about that. Bar none. Bar none. See, uh, Miles Garrett is back. Pittsburgh will be back. Cleveland's and, Cleveland's a year into the process. But and that Baltimore line is that line. Is, come on, come on. So it's it's it's, it's not cake. He is far from cake. I think that Cincinnati had a good draft. They they paired him up with a receiver, um, T Higgins. Which why, oh, why I'm not, not gonna make it. AJ I'm not gonna make it. AJ I'm AJ not gonna make. We're it. gonna get. We're gonna. Get I'm into not that. gonna make it. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. I'm not gonna make we, it. Let's wait till Steve gets T. here. T Higgins went to the second. round. I'm not gonna make it, bro. Oh, okay. I'm not gonna make it. I'm letting you know right now. <laughs> I'm letting you know right now. We gotta talk about ESPN too. We got to talk about that oh, broadcast, bro. I got I got feelings about that, and they're not new. They're not new feelings. So we'll get in, we'll get into that. We'll get into that too. But I think Cincinnati. Give me somebody else to be mad at. Thank you. I think, good they, job. I think they did some good stuff. Um, and I think Brett Favre. He he made the comments that. And you did, oh, did you hear? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a game to you. I think it's this is funny to you. It's I'm starting I'm, to sweat. I, I've got 20 right now in the first half. I'm starting to sweat. My bad, bro. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, he he made comments about Joe Burrow saying that okay. he had arguably the best season a player's ever had. Right. Um, it's hard to argue. Cincinnati's not LSU. They also broke the record. They had 15 players drafted yesterday. One thing I want to point out, too, I, I, during the draft coverage, I guess I'll say what it was now. We did a Zoom call. It was um, myself, Tyler, Sam Gordon, who will be on shortly. Shout out. Um, uh, Duna was there with us for a little bit. Alex uh, Wright, who's actually taking over for Tyler as the sports editor moving forward following this semester. So shout out to Alex and, congr- and congratulations to him as well. Hey. And then Salim Dweck, a.k.a. Florida Man. We all know him. <laughs> um, he was on there as well. And one of the things that I told them was – I, I, th- I think Joe can play. I do. But that season at LSU, I'm not saying that Joe didn't do it. I'm not saying that Joe doesn't get the credit. All I'm saying is I think we may look back. And before we say that that was the greatest collegiate quarterback season, I think we may look back one day and say that was the greatest collection of talent. 
when you look I, at what I, I he was to throwing see, to. Yeah, I need to see time pass. Because I think all of them. The fact that Randy Moss's son. All of them may be generational. It was on that team. All of them may be generational. Every single one of those receivers. And a couple of those running backs might be might be a handful too. So I think we may look back and say that might just have been the yeah. greatest college football team we've ever seen. Yeah. Eddie O was coaching. And I, I mentioned and it's funny because I mentioned Eddie O before right before the season started, I think. Yeah. And I mentioned him and Mike Leak in terms of players yeah. or, or coaches who would yeah. go out and, and say he proceeded to <laughs> And Mike Leak proceeded to put his foot in his mouth like he always does. But we had that conversation beginning of the year of coaches who would go out and put the target on their team's back and yeah. say, yeah, we're going to beat the Alabamas. We're going to beat the Clemsons. And Eddie O did it. Yeah. So it's funny because if I had like an intern or somebody to go back and pull these tapes, I swear we would we would look genius. That was that was one. We I would look genius about, at times. That, that was something right there. That was something. <laughs> we shall see what happens. But um, the person that I believed was the best in the draft. But also, before you, you move on one? from from Joe, um, yes, I think it was a little bit of Lonzo Ball effect. I think Cincinnati was being was mm-hmm. a little pigeonholed into having to take Burrow. Who do you take if you don't from, take him? You go best in the draft, which is my opinion, and or I mean, in my opinion, this we'll, particular we'll time see, was Chase Young. I don't know how they view Chase Young. How Cincinnati? I thought the entire league viewed him one way. I thought the Redskins was like, ah, we got a quarterback, so I guess we take the best guy in the draft. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and, and it depends. It depends on – and this will time, – time will tell. But right. whether or not Burrow is the best quarterback from this crop. Yeah, man. Because, I mean, I, I honestly my, – my vote's in, in two is hat right now. Um, it's mine too. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll talk about where Tua landed as well, and and it's so interesting because I need to actually. Text yeah, it might be Steve the cool now. pick. I I don't know. Could be, but, but see, Salim yeah. is a, being a being from Florida. He's a Dolphin fan, and one of the things that he said was, um, Dolphins regardless, out, out of nowhere, out of nowhere. And what's interesting is I think he he could tell you it's been a slow grind because he could literally tell you an offensive guard from. Four years ago. Like, he yeah. could tell you they're starting left guard from four years ago. Like, and probably ten years before that. So, listening to him talk about the Dolphins is especially interesting because he clearly is his team. He knows more. He knows more than what I would know about him. And he said that as a Dolphin fan, even – and we're knocking on wood because we want Tua to pan out injuries. To We want him to, to overcome those injuries and not have them at the next mm-hmm. level. Um, but he said even if Tua continues to have an injury problem, he said the Dolphins can't risk not taking him. They can't risk mm-hmm. looking smart on the on the part of not taking him. They can take looking dumb on the part of still taking him yeah. if he's injury risk. You, and I told him that small little like variation of that statement is huge. Mm-hmm. Like it's crucial. Like he said, you can't you can't afford to look smart. And not take him, even if the injuries pan out. We're not going to wait that long to see if Tua if Tua doesn't pan out. We're not gonna wait that long. But if he you take him and he's great, clearly you won. If you take him and he's has no injuries, how could you pass up on him? And you know what, bro? I think that's the case, even if they were also considering Herbert there. Cause it's like, ah, do you want to be the one that didn't take Tua and Tua's nice when you could have? When I and I I feel like the Chargers were wishing they got. Wishing they had the chance to take two because they had the very next pick, and then when we get, went ahead and got Herbert, which I think will be. I'm looking forward to that, man. Hey, we'll see what he does in LA. 
but I, you know I wasn't, and I know we're going out of order, and I'm about to get back into this order yeah. really quick. But when you mentioned Justin Herbert, you know how I felt about him going into the draft. I think he may have fell to the best situation for him. But um, <clears throat> let's go ahead and move on. Uh, we're only going to talk about the first six in order, and then we're going to kind of go around to other things. But um, number two, Washington did go ahead and stick with most mock drafts. The first three was according to the mock draft. Um in terms of Chase Young going to Washington, a defensive end out of Ohio State, who I deemed the best player in college football over the last two seasons. Um, and then, of course, third, Jeff Okuda, cornerback from Ohio State as well. Ohio State had two back-to-back picks in the top three, Sheesh. both defenders. First time that has happened since – it's only happened three other times before. Looking real Kentucky-ish. And I'm, yeah, I'm looking at the picture. Ohio like, State as of late, man, especially their DBs. What picture bro? would ESPN have? Not even I can't even pigeonhole. They're squat man. It's some, it's, some, it's some programs that are just prolific in the league right now. That just stand out, just absolutely stand out. And um, matter of fact, I wonder if my I'm not sure if my dad sent me um anything in terms of a tip in, but my mom did send me a tip in as well. Um, I'm gonna get to that at some point as well. We have a long time to go ahead and talk to you guys. Uh, but those were the top three picks. Uh, the Giants actually took Andrew Thomas, left tackle from Georgia, who is 6'5", 315 to protect Daniel Jones. And shout-out to Tyler, who just sent me this text. Excuse me. Shout-out to the Giants. I've been very critical of this front office and Dave Gettleman for a number of reasons. But new head coach Joe Judge clearly had his hand in his draft, and he killed it. The resources and attention put uh, put into the offensive line was outstanding. The secondary got better. They finally stopped ignoring the linebacker spot for the first time. Um, excuse me, first time I've said this in years. But I'm proud of the Giants. There's finally a plan in place, and it's one that I can buy into. Yeah. Until you have to pay Saquon, right? Yeah. Because are you tying the money up in the Saquon? Well, I mean, yeah. I feel like you have to because he's a receiver. How do you, and how do you not? A, I, back to the to the Dolphins point. How do you not? Yeah. I feel like you're – and Tyler's texting me now, so I'm waiting to see what he says because they they have – because Sterling Shepard, I'm not even sure what his contract is looking like, but Sterling Shepard has emerged. They've got weapons. He, he is up – you know what's interesting? I wish the Packers would have – oh, my gosh, bro. Never mind. I swear I'm trying to let it go. You, you're, you're doing this. I'm doing it now. You did it the first time. Don't you dare try to put this on me. <laughs> you started it. You're wearing green. Oh, this is great radio. All right. Since everything's a joke. Um, <laughs> the Dolphins picked fifth, and they took Tua Tagovailoa, quarterback out of Alabama which was the second quarterback to come off the uh, board in that first round. Wasn't the last one. The next quarterback actually went right after him when the Chargers took Oregon's Justin Herbert, who was 6'6", 236. Really quick, let me vent some more. Let me Uh place uh my anger somewhere else. The UNLV football Twitter account. Over the course of this weekend, I see what they're trying to do. Bro, I don't care. And let me explain why. Over the course of this weekend, UNLV football's Twitter account tweeted out Justin Herbert's name three times, I think. Maybe four times. Something along the lines of that. 
I understand you guys are trying to pump up fans for Marcus Arroyo and who I think is going to actually do something here. I think he's going to make some noise, turn some heads, shock some people, surprise some people. Um, I understand that they're trying to get people excited about what he can do for the offense and things of that nature. However, Justin Herbert was surefire getting drafted. He was going somewhere. Mm -hmm. I mentioned Gabe's name earlier. Mm -hmm. Javin White clearly had his phone ring the moment the draft concluded. Mm -hmm. Clearly seconds after the draft concluded. And he's staying here in Las Vegas. And he's going to go ahead and give it a go as an undrafted free agent with the Raiders. So shout out to Javin. Um, Whether it was Jericho Flowers, whether it was Darren Woods, whether it was Evan Ostry, I can keep going. I made it a point to kind of circle back and scroll and see if they said anything to them. Good luck going into it. Wish you the best, anything. No, but Justin Herbert got three from our account. Has Justin Herbert stepped foot on this campus? No. Negative. Most diverse. <laughs> Most diverse campus. Remember that. Um, yeah. Um, joke, bro. And, and how much credit. The <laughs> I'm sorry. Before you get on that, because I'm going to let you get to the um, to the to either pick six or UNLV football. Tyler just added on to uh, Shep really quick. Speaking about Sterling Shepard, his deal is at four years, $41 million. It's a very, very solid deal for him in his opinion. He said, but he does have a scary concussion history. And speaking about Saquon, he said it's hard-paying running backs. Um, he said it's a harsh market. He said Saquon deserves the bag, just like Christian McCaffrey did. Uh, got in Carolina. But he don't know. He did get a big one. But he don't know. But he's not sure. Um, And this might have actually shifted really quick. Uh-oh. Go ahead and fill the air really quick. Oh. No, I was going to say, no, I mean, yeah, that's definitely right. Uh, I remember Sterling Shepard from, man, college. And uh, I believe that they got some weapons over there. But aside from that, um, I don't think that there's much you can do to guarantee somebody's going to get paid unless they can follow that up with production. So for Saquon, we've seen what McCaffrey's done. And he, he, he's been absolutely off the charts, uh, for being honest. So. Saquon, I, feel, I had him on fantasy last year, so I paid close attention to him. Um, the structure wasn't all the way there for him, and he got injured. But you, you felt like at times his productivity was really limited in just what he could do. So hopefully the Giants are taking steps they can to really let him spread his wings. Absolutely. So, again, as we said before, we have special guests. It looks like this one may be slightly out of order simply because we're running behind on time in terms of um, that first interview when the computer crashed. But when we get back, NFL Network Steve Weiss will talk NFL draft with us. I do want to talk a little free agency if we can. Stay tuned. Were you born from 1945 to 1965? People born during these years are five times more likely to have hepatitis C, but most people don't know they are infected. 
So even if you try to eat right, exercise, and take care of yourself, you can still have hepatitis C, a serious liver disease that often has no symptoms. In fact, people can live with hepatitis C for decades without feeling or looking sick. But over time, hepatitis C can cause serious health problems, including liver damage, liver failure, or even liver cancer. Getting tested is the only way to know if you're infected with hepatitis C. That's why the CDC recommends everyone born from 1945 to 1965 get a blood test for hepatitis C. Treatments are available that can cure this disease. So talk to your doctor about getting tested. It could save your life. A message from the CDC. This heavyweight bout is about to begin. What's the champ wearing? Looks like an examination gown. And from the back... Ooh, that's not pretty. Champ, what's with the get-up? I've got to take care of my family, so I'm getting those important medical screenings. The fight is over! Champ, you look pretty healthy out there tonight. But I'm still getting those tests. For a list of tests you need, go to ahrq.gov. And remember, real men wear gowns. Go to ahrq.gov. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AHRQ, and the Ad Council. Can you tell if the leftovers from this dinner party are beginning to grow bacteria that could lead to severe diarrhea, vomiting, and stomach cramps? Listen. You can't see it either. Get leftovers into the refrigerator as soon as possible. Spoiled leftovers can make you very sick or worse. Roughly 3,000 Americans will die from food poisoning this year, but you can keep your family safer. Check your steps at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler, and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. We're finally alone, baby. Yeah, what do you want to do? We could finally be together. I know, but I've told you I'm not ready to have sex. I thought you loved me. I do love you, but if you really loved me, you wouldn't be pressuring me into something I don't want to do yet. I don't want to get a disease or get you pregnant. Have you even thought about that? You don't trust me? This isn't about trust. It's about me. I want to finish school, go to college, have a career, and reach my goals. I'm not going to let a disease or a pregnancy get in the way of my dreams. And I want the same for you, because I love you. I'm choosing to wait. And if you really love me, you'll respect that. I'm sorry. You're right. I've been selfish. Every five seconds, someone gets an STI. Five teens get infected by the HIV virus. Every day. I'm not willing to risk that. You're right. We'll wait. Let's catch a movie. Both partners are responsible for their decisions. Discuss your decision to practice abstinence. It's the only 100% way to avoid unplanned pregnancy and sexually transmitted infections. Call 775-684-4285. Sponsored by the Nevada State Health Division. Aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. Prescription opioids can be addictive and dangerous. My son Steve did not want to die, but his prescription opioids killed him. We found a post-it note that he had written about his experience with his opioids. You never expect that you're going to lose a child. It's all out of order. Prescription opioids. It only takes a little to lose a lot. Visit cdc.gov slash rxawareness. This message developed by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, sponsored by the Nevada Department of Health and Human Services, aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. Welcome back. Welcome back. You guys are listening to Talk That Talk on 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUNV Las Vegas, the broadcast service of UNLV. 
I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, in studio with Daryl D. Hoop Harris. We are quickly approaching the 2 o'clock hour, and as promised... Things are heating up. Heated up very quickly. <laughs> On the phone right now, I have NFL Network's own Steve Weish. OG, how are you doing, sir? Speaking about really intriguing from this point on, I think that intrigue started on Thursday when the NFL held its first virtual or I guess all virtual NFL draft. What was that experience like for you? Well, you know, it was, it was tough for us at NFL Network because typically we do our own draft broadcast, but our studios, which are the NFL Network main studios are in L.A., secondary studios, NFL Films are in New Jersey, our studios are shut down. We mm. can't get in, so we did not have the technical capacity to do our own draft. So for people like me who usually are involved, we were doing Zoom interviews, you know, WebEx interviews, things like that, mainly post-draft, um, to run um, on our draft coverage after after the actual draft took place. So it was very different. I'm typically with the team with the first overall pick. I was in my living room. Um, so it was, you know, it was very different, but it was kind of cool watching it to see these players, you know, in intimate settings with their families, you know, see the coaches making the picks with their kids or the GMs making the picks with their kids. So I think you're going to see a lot of elements uh, from what took place this year be in place in future years. It'll still be the big event, you know, it's going to come to Vegas in two years, it'll be in Cleveland next year, but you're going to see some elements of what happened this past weekend incorporated into that how, I don't know, but it's gotten a lot of positive reviews. Definitely, uh, I think Daryl just actually informed me right now that that was the most watched draft um, of all time, so that's mm -hmm. That's clearly something in, in the positive light for the NFL. Um, let's talk the draft. Let's talk. Who are your winners and losers in the NFL draft? Well, you know, I'm not big on doing that, but I'll say, I mean, look, the Ravens drafted like the Ravens do. There's a reason why they just don't dip. They're always right there. And, and, and for them to get Queen, the linebacker out of LSU, and then come right back and get the running back, J.K. Dobbins, in the second round, I mean, yeah. they just they continue to draft bigger physical downhill players regardless of the side of the ball so i love what the ravens did i love what the niners did even though they didn't have any picks from rounds two through four they made some moves mm -hmm. you know they, they they pick up um divorce buckner's replacement a defensive tackle and uh jeff javon kim law defensive tackle out of south carolina a big time stud get back into the first round draft wide receiver brandon Ayuk. he replaces emmanuel sanders but then they pull off the huge trade Right. They get tackle Trent Williams from Washington. Yep, he's a stud. I mean, they had to get him because they found out that their veteran tackle, left tackle Joe Staley, was retiring. So, I think they they had an exceptional draft. I think the Carolina Panthers had an exceptional draft. I mean, you know, for division, you know, that that's got very sexy now. Tom Brady, for them to go in there and get some of those studs on defense that they got. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be quite as big of a rebuilding year as people think it's going to happen down in Charlotte. Mm. Was there any particular pick that shocked you? Well, I mean, come on. Your team. <laughs> Green Bay Packers, you know. Yeah, 
Oh man. Oh man. Here's the thing, you get it, right? You get okay, you draft a quarterback, you develop a quarterback, but to do it in the first round when you got Aaron Rodgers there? Trading up to do it. Trading up to do it. Your team that was thirteen and three last year, you you know, you made it to the conference championship. You need a few more pieces. And that and a couple of their other picks are like, what are you doing? And so, very, very peculiar pick, uh, draft, I still overall for the Packers. But, of course, the stunner um, was, was them taking Jordan Love, a development of quarterback in the first round. I was yeah. telling Daryl that there was no way I was going to make it through the show without exploding about that pick. Yeah. But thank you for giving me the, the segue to do that. Go ahead, Daryl. You got one? Yeah. No, uh, I, I want to know. Uh, pleasure to meet you, Steve. Daryl Harris here. Um, I want to know what you think about how the Raiders drafted, and additionally, um, now looking in retrospect to the Khalil Mack trade, how do you think they the moves that they've made since then has put them in position to succeed moving forward? Because that was a pretty groundbreaking trade to deal a star in his prime like that, but it seems like they've come out on their feet. So how, how do you see their move? How do you grade their moves? Yeah, I don't know if they've come out on their feet. I mean, you got to remember, they had Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper, and I mean, they were rolling, and they got to the playoffs. They haven't sniffed the playoffs. Um, so I, I still am not a fan of the Khalil Mack trade when you've got, you know, a talent like that at a value position like that, and you trade him, and you're still developing guys. I mean, the Cleveland Farrell, who they drafted last year, He's good, but, you know, he, he didn't have the impact. Max Crosby, the other defensive end, he was fantastic. So this year, you know, they need to tighten some things out on defense, and they go out and they get three wide receivers <laughs> with four of the first picks. I'm not mad at him, though. I mean, I love it. Jerry Judy um, uh, is just, you know, some, some of the players that they picked. They, wait a second. They didn't take Judy. They went with Henry Rose, right? Henry yeah, Rose. Yeah, Judy's in, Judy's in, the, in the division in Denver. In the den, that's right. But they, so they get rugs. They get a burner. Um, they've got a good offensive line. They've got some other wide receivers that can help. That was clearly a position of need. You see a team like the Chargers and the Chiefs, whose defense can get after the quarterback. It's got to have threats to keep them honest. So, mm-hmm. you know, I get it. I, I still think, you know, I think Denver got a lot better adding some of the receivers that, that it added. I you know, the, the Raiders, I have a lot of faith in Mike Mayock, my old colleague. I think John Gruden's a heck of a coach. So they clearly have a blueprint in mind. You know, the, the only thing is, you know, a relocation is, is a tough thing to deal with. I, I saw it with both teams, mm-hmm. Los Angeles, even the Chargers, the Rams. I've seen, it is a tough, tough thing for people to deal with in a lot of different ways. Um, and plus now, we don't know when these teams are going to get into mini camp and things like that, a training camp. So... Um, kind of wait and see with the Raiders, but you know they kind of got back to their old ways of being explosive, and, and, and that's they're going to be an exciting team to watch. Derek Carr's got to got to open it up now. He's got no more excuses for the checkdowns. He's got to open it up and, and play with a lot more aggression. Um, otherwise, this might be his last go around with uh, with John Gruden. Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to be playing in a, a great a great stadium. The stadium's looking beautiful. Um, I've got a hypothetical for you, Steve. Um, Let's just imagine that the next season were to follow through unbothered. It's week 11, and the Eagles are right around 500. Who do you think is their starting quarterback? Mm. Great question because, you know, 
they, they've committed so much to Carson Wentz. I don't get that one. That was the other shocker, but it was a second rounder, so I get it. Maybe they're trying to push Carson a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of the reviews on Jalen Hurts by NFL people were, were not necessarily great, like raving about his ability to transition. So we'll see. I mean, I, I trust Doug Peterson a lot. I think he's a fantastic coach. He has a vision and, and the ability to develop. Um, I, I still think it'll be Carson Wentz because, look, 500 in that division week 11, you're on track to win that division by two games because 9 and 7 typically gets it That's done true. in the NFC East. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. <laughs> That's a good point to mention. I, of course, I could keep going on and on about Green Bay and what did or did not happen, but I do want to talk. Um, I want to move away from the draft really quick and get into some free agency uh, quick hits really quick. Clearly, the the biggest the biggest storyline of them all is that Tom Brady ended up in Tampa Bay. But I don't. Not only that, the moves that they've made since, including acquiring Gronk, seemingly for their red zone presence. What's going on down in Tampa? How good do they look? is a great coach. Um, you just have to, you have to see if Tom Brady can keep fending off father time. And it's going to be tougher for him that's been in, in the AFC. Remember, AFC East has been a joke his entire career there. Right. Yeah. Um, so now he's playing in the toughest division of football in the NFC South with the Saints, Falcons, and Panthers. Um, but they've got the potential to be absolutely dynamic. Again, this is going to be a matter of when these teams can get together because of him and Gronk can get in that system in the next couple months, they're, they're, they're going to be really, they're going to be challenging. I'm still, I, I think the Saints are better, um, but it, it'll be real intriguing to see Brady in that division. All right, and then I just have two more quick ones for you. Um, the Cowboys were actually on my list of, I guess, you, I know you don't like to usually uh, use the words winners and losers of the draft, but the Cowboys, I like their picks among Arizona, among Miami. The only reason why I would never consider the Dallas Cowboys a winner of this 2020 draft is because of the Dak Prescott situation. What are the Cowboys waiting for? Well, they made offers, um, but maybe they realize the numbers get a little too high and they don't want to pay it. And they've got the capability to lock them up franchise tag wise. And, and he's, you know, he doesn't have a ton of options. Look what happened to Kirk Cousins a couple of years ago in Washington. Franchise two years in a row. Back then, Cousins made, I believe, $50 million in those two years. It restructured the whole salary, baseline salaries for quarterbacks, and that's why they're so exorbitant. So if they don't take care of Dak right now, they've got to take a huge cap hit. Or if they sign into a long-term deal, they could reduce the cap hit. Um, but, you know, I, I don't really know what's taking them so long. Remember, Dak hasn't accepted some of the offers they've made, which right. is probably the structure. But they need to go ahead and get that done because they sure as hell went out and got him some weapons. He's lamb. Oh, my God. Those wide receivers, they had to take him when he fell in their lap. Right. And then this last one for you, I'm actually going to leave open-ended. Is, um, whichever one that you actually want to tackle, do you want to tackle Miami's rebuild? Uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods in terms of the Rams looking for what seems to be a new identity? Or which quarterback do you like the most in his new place outside of Tom Brady? You can pick I- any one of those three. Outside of Tom Brady, well, then, but let's take out two birds, kill two birds with one shot. And that's the Miami Dolphins. I love them getting to us. Yeah. That was a smart pick. They were great in, in, in creating all of this smoke and diversion a couple weeks before the draft. Oh, we're going to take Justin Herbert. We're going to take this offensive tackle. That's fine. Who was their guy all along? Um, he's not going to start right away. Ryan Fitzpatrick will be yep. there, but you get to about week six. It's going to be Tua. 
and he is a fantastic talent. It's, you know, the health, the medical is the only issue. And what on the team lot, what Brian Flores and Chris Greener have done is they've, they've gotten rid of guys who didn't want to be there or who didn't want to commit to the process. They got a bunch of blue collar players down there who, who were bought in. So they're going to be a problem. And it's, and it's not going to take long. I mean, we saw how last year when they tanked all season, how, how they won five games. They're going to turn that around quickly, and they're going to be a team to reckon with, in a large part because I think Tua is going to develop into a special player. And, of course, that Tua pick at number five is something that everybody took note of, but it is interesting, two names that you mentioned in Coach Flores and uh, Chris Greer. We'll see if that narrative on them changes as well in the coming future. As always... Thank you again for blessing us with, with your insight. NFL Network's own Steve Weiss. Thanks for having me on, no, pro- no problem. Thank you for coming on. Well, where do we go? Where do we go from here? That's just, man, that's going to the lecture with the, with, with the doctor, the professor, and just opening your notebook, raising your hand. Ask a couple questions every now and then, but man, that's yeah. I've said Expertise. it before. I'm gonna say it again. I know when it comes to music and sports, I have my nickname of Chatterbox, which means I can go on and on for days talking about music, talking about sports. Now you guys see why every time I'm around that man, I have a million questions. Out of every quarter, that's what kind of shocked me. Out of every quarterback in a new place. The Phillip Rivers in Indianapolis, he, they've surrounded him with some things to where that would have been a viable answer. Yeah. He went straight to Tua. Yeah. That that says a lot to me. For sure. He liked Carolina's picks, and Teddy is a new quarterback yeah. in Carolina. Yeah. And he liked Miami and Tua more. That's something to 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 hang your hat on most definitely. And I think it's something to take us to a short break. Again, you guys are listening to Talk That Talk on 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUNV Las Vegas, the broadcast service of UNLV. I'm your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, in studio with Daryl D. Hoop Harris. And we'll be right back after these short commercial breaks. Louisa. Recently, she got help going online. Okay, so hit that green button. This is her first video chat. Oh, Louisa? Oh, oh my gosh. There she is. And the first time she's seen her niece in five years. It's so good to see you. See what the internet can help you do at everyoneon.org or call 1-855-387-9166 to find a free training class near you. Oh, I've missed you. Brought to you by Connect to Compete and the Ad Council. Fact. A non-medical prescription drug habit can cost anywhere from $54,000 to $108,000 per year often leading to theft from close family and friends. Fact, two-thirds of emergency department visits for drug overdoses involve prescription painkillers. Fact, 16% of adults have personally known someone who has died from a prescription painkiller overdose. Fact, 100,000 babies are born addicted to painkillers every year. Drug abuse. It doesn't affect just you. To learn more, go to drugfreelasvegas.org. This message sponsored by the Pact Coalition and the Nevada Division of Public and Behavioral Health. 
aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. The forest is a treasured and magical place. Hello, Bambi. Hello, little prince. Hello. Hello there. But a wildfire can destroy its beauty for a lifetime. It's always wildfire season somewhere in America. Nearly nine out of 10 wildfires nationwide are caused by the carelessness of humans and could be prevented. But together, we can make a difference. Watch what I can do. <laughs> Help protect the home of our forest friends. He can call me a flower if he 